Hello, Central fans. I'm Trevor Castle, the voice of the Dutch. Welcome to our newest initiative, the Dutch Memories Podcast. Central College is steeped in tradition, and this podcast is meant to preserve the many great memories that have taken place over the years. We'll have a new episode each month, and the focus might be on a player, a team, a coach, a game, or an individual moment. When you look at a historical project like this, sometimes the toughest decision is where to start. There are 11 national championship teams in Central history, numerous individual national champions, countless All-Americans, five National Coach of the Year winners, and many, many memorable moments. So we're going to start not in the past, but in the present. The 2021 Central College football season was one for the ages, and fifth-year senior quarterback Blaine Hawkins led the way. He's the first Gallardi Award winner in Central's storied history, chosen as the most outstanding player in Division III football. On this episode of the Dutch Memories podcast, I sat down with Blaine shortly after the announcement was made to take a look back at his record-setting career at Central, from his recruitment at Ankeny all the way to the all-time NCAA single-season touchdown record. Blaine, thanks for taking some time to chat. Uh, it's been a few days since you were crowned the Gallardi Award winner. Uh, let's just start there. What an incredible moment for Central College, but for you personally. Uh, how have you digested things since Friday night went down? Yeah, Friday night was definitely a, a lot to take in at once. Um, you know, it's definitely kind of a big surprise. I mean, you know, had no clue ahead of time and it was just really exciting to be there with all my friends, family, alumni, coaches. And yeah, it was really just an awesome moment to share with those guys and, you know, kind of been able to sit back and really uh, digest it, like you said, for the last couple of days. And, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, still just really thankful, um, you know, to be recognized given that, you know, there's a lot of competition for this award, a lot of great players in division three and, yeah, just, I don't know, really, really exciting. I'm glad, you know, we can kind of bring this one back to Pella, Iowa and just something everyone can be proud of. So that's kind of my main theme, I guess. Well, you're a very humble guy and very complimentary always of your teammates. And, and I do want to talk about those guys in a minute. But for you personally, what kind of satisfaction do you take out of that? Yeah, um, you know, I set, set goals each year uh, for, you know, academics and, you know, on the field. And definitely one of my goals, um, you know, was being a really successful team this year. Checked off a lot of those boxes and winning a conference title, winning playoff games, um, being named an All-American. But, you know, this wasn't really one that was on that list, I guess. You know, maybe I wasn't wasn't believing in myself as much as I should have or being as ambitious. But, um, yeah, it was definitely just really really, um, you know, satisfying, I guess, to kind of cap uh, my career like this. And yeah, I feel really lucky. And as you've said this many times throughout the year, uh, years, you know, that football's a team game, can't do it without the line blocking and guys catching and all that kind of stuff. So let me give you a couple minutes just to talk about your teammates and the, the role that they've played in not only your success, but the team success this year. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell a quick story, I guess, you know, we were up at BV, um, you know, this year, and we kind of, you know, have some team meetings before the game, and Coach Mary was telling us a little bit about our individual meetings last spring, and he kind of talks with each and every one of us, you know, what do we want to accomplish this coming year, what do you what do you believe in, you know, what, what are your goals, and, um, you know, he really pointed out Eric Kanak as being a guy who, he said, Eric in his meeting told Coach Meyer, you know, he wanted me to win the Gallardi Trophy, and, you know, I think if that doesn't tell you something about, you know, Eric and the guys on the team, um, you know, that's, that's pretty special, you know, he was... You know, in his individual meeting, you know, Eric's been a really successful receiver, all-conference guy, made a ton of big plays. And, you know, in his meeting with Coach Meyer, you know, he was he was, he had bigger dreams for me, you know, than than I did for myself. And, um, you know, just I think that's a lot of guys on the team. And, yeah, I mean, just sharing that story, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty special, obviously. And that's just one guy on the team. But, yeah, that, that story was, you know, meant a lot to me at the time. And 
I'm really thankful for him for, you know, saying that. And I, I didn't know he said that, you know, till week 10 or so in the season. Wow, that, that is a, cr- a cool story. And, you know, you commented Friday about how these uh, these guys are your best friends. So to hear one of your best friends have that kind of hopes and dreams and goals for you is, I mean, it's got to make you feel great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really, yeah, I, you know, caught off guard by it again. And, yeah, it was, it was a really special moment to know, you know, my teammates have that much belief and confidence in me. And it really allows you to play well as a quarterback. And, you know, that's, that's a great thing to have when your teammates believe in you like that. And, you know, we were kind of talking about the, the offense as a whole mostly. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've talked about the offense flying a lot, and they deserve it. You know, those guys up front, uh, you know, really meshed well together this year. Um, even, you know, our guys who kind of rotated in due to injuries or, you know, trying to stay uh, stay fresh during games. Um, you know, guys like Griffin Sargent and Josh Kuyper, who maybe didn't start a bunch of games this year, but, you know, were ready to go during key moments, you know, even in the playoffs against, like, Wheaton. Um you know, those guys really, really were kind of the engine this year. And I think, you know, I don't know where we ended up, you know, in, in the NCAA for a lot of statistics offensively, but, you know, I think we're up there. Way up I think, there. <laughs> I think they, they take a lot of pride in that and, you know, know that they were a part of a lot of that success. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't happen without them giving you time to throw. You've, you've commented before, you know, you threw a lot of balls, 50-50 type balls. Yep. You have the confidence in guys like Eric and Tanner and, you know, Jeff and others to go make the plays. I mean, it, it all has to work together, right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they make my life easy a lot of times and, you know, I get, get away with some stuff, you know, maybe wasn't my best play and, you know, they'll, they'll take care of me anyways. So yeah, it's really gives you a lot of confidence as a quarterback to play with those guys. Um, and I'll say, you know, just as well, you know, we have an experienced group and, you know, guys know where they need to be on each and every play. And, you know, when offense could do that, you can really trust each other and that, you know, makes life easy again as a quarterback. So, and um, I guess I'll also say, you know, our scout team defense, I thought they had a really strong year playing with a really high level of intensity, which is, is really tough to do. You know, you play a JV game on Monday, you know, your body's a little tired then all right, Tuesday practice is, you know, one of our longer ones and then a Wednesday, Wednesday practice. And those guys are out there really giving us good looks a lot of the weeks and, you know, kind of matching the intensity. I think, you know, we really started to kind of hit our stride a little bit around Wartburg. And I really remember that week, you know, those guys in practice, they were, they were flying around on defense. And, you know, when you come into the game, you know, obviously you're playing a tough opponent, but when you've seen a high level of intensity all week, you know, it allows you to really adjust easily in the game and be ready to go. Uh, I want to talk about your coaches, but mostly specifically Coach Myuri because he's your position coach. He's the quarterback's coach. Uh, he's kind of the mad scientist, offensive coordinator. Outside looking in, it feels like you and Coach Myuri, your skills really match well and that he, I don't want to say went out of his way because it's his job, but he put an offense in place that matches your skills and your team, your offense's skills. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yep, sure. I think, yeah, it kind of goes back, I think, to when I was, you know, visiting schools, trying to decide where to go. And I remember sitting in Coach Myuri's offense and Central just recently kind of went to more of a no huddle scheme in uh, 2016, I believe it was, and kind of watching some of that film and talking about the plays we were running. And I was like, wow, you know, I could see that, that fit my skills. And I think, you know, he thought the same same thing kind of as a little bit of a dual threat, someone who can be get the ball out quick and be pretty accurate. And yeah, I think over the years, it's definitely evolved and changed. You know, um, he does a great job trying to scheme to our personnel groups, you know. He's not going to force anything. You know, if we have a lot of good receivers, you know, like we did this past year, uh, we'll really open it up and throw the ball around a lot. And if we've got a lot of really talented running backs and a really strong offensive line, maybe you're going to see a lot more run game, you know. But he's always going to put the guys in the best position to succeed, I think, is kind of his mantra. And I think he does that pretty successfully. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, he he's definitely the mad scientist. You know, every day we go into install meetings and are like, oh, what are we going to, you know, what do we got this week? What are we going to be doing? And, you know, the guys like to give him a hard time. We install a lot of plays and, you know, we don't always run 
all of them. And so we've been practicing some plays, you know, all year and we haven't ran it. And like, so now, you know, by it comes week 11 and we're running this goal line play, you know, we've been practicing for nine weeks now, haven't ran it a game and everyone's just like joking. He calls the play and we're like, Oh, you know, good, good to get another rep of this one. And you know, just give him a hard time about it. And I think that kind of speaks to the overall environment that, you know, he knows, you know, we know he's trying to put us in the best position and he knows that we're not, we're not, you know, going to be mean to him about it. I guess we were just yeah. giving him a hard time, and it, it makes it really fun. I'm not sure if you know this, but 2016 Central set a NCAA record that still stands for most plays per game, yeah. you know, 90 plays per game or something yeah. like that. So how much did that play a role in your – let's talk a little bit about you being recruited at Central. So uh, just the process in general and, and how much did what you saw in 2016 play a role in you showing up on campus in 2017? Yep. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, Coach Max making his tour around the Des Moines area a little bit. I remember talking to him at Ankeny High School with some of my teammates, um, telling me about Central College. And, you know, I mean, you have multiple coaches coming in there, you know, during the week. So you never know who who's really saying, uh, you know, maybe the best, whose program is the best. But, you know, I remember meeting him then and then getting to talk with Coach Mulder and Coach Mayuri. Um you know, Coach Mulder came to some of my high school football games and uh, Coach Mary came to some high school basketball games and really knowing that they were invested in me um, as a player and a person made it, you know, a really easy connection. And then when I got on campus and was able to watch film with Coach Mary, yeah, we were watching that 2016 team, which I think was obviously a pretty special crew. Um, some really talented guys on there with Riley Gray at the helm. And yeah, it was definitely like, wow, that's it looks pretty fun to play offense in this system. I think it definitely, you know, was a big part um, in why I chose Central, you know, I, I guess I can't speak too much to the offense before then, but sounds more more conservative in some degree, um, more of a maybe pro style offense, and that doesn't you know necessarily fit my skills as well. And I think this change to this offense was definitely a big reason where I was like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun, something I could really be successful in. All right, so I want to take a little trip down memory lane here and start with your freshman year, but I've got some highlights, and then just want to get your thoughts. But before we get there. You know, you were th- kind of thrust into action in week four. We were off to a one and two start, I think down 17 nothing against Nebraska Wesleyan. Did you, what was the conversation like? Did you expect to, to play and kind of be thrown in your freshman year and, and get that kind of an opportunity? Or w- what was that like for you? Yeah, during during my freshman year, I um, didn't really expect to play, I guess, as the season, you know, at the beginning of the year. I kind of understood that I would you know, kind of need to learn. There's some experienced guys in front of me and that was all right with me. I knew college football was a big, big different world than high school. And, um, that past May actually coming into my, my freshman year, I'd had a knee surgery as well and wasn't able to be as super active in like the summer as I might've wanted and kind of understood that this year, you know, it's going to be a big year for development. Um, obviously things didn't kind of go that way. Um, had some injuries and I think that week three game at Buena Vista, I, uh, I, I was told to warm up. I was on the headset and they said, you know, you need to start warming up. So I was like, Oh man, I'm, you know, here's a, a chance to get into the game and, you know, it was definitely nervous and warmed up and ended up not playing in the game. Um, so the next week, you know, I, I had got some first team reps and, you know, kind of been alternating there a little bit and knew it was definitely a possibility, but you know, right before we went out to warm up for the game, <laughs> I don't remember who, which coach was says, Hey, it's time to be ready today, which I mean, I, I, I knew I had to be ready to play anyway, but that was definitely like, all right, well today might be the day. And yeah, I remember getting told to go warm up again, and I was like, all right, here we go. And, you know, I think with all this preparation anyway, I think my first pass about airmailed it over someone's head. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Sam Markham might have been wide open for a touchdown, and I probably threw it right over his head by like 10 yards. <laughs> it wasn't a great start. Well, uh, you're, one of your greatest attributes, at least talking to coaches and your teammates, is your composure on the field. Were, was that the case right out of the gate, or is that something that you developed over time? 
Uh, I think I've always been pretty, pretty calm um, on the football field, but definitely, uh, you know, the first, first play or two of my freshman career, uh, you know, that was definitely a new experience. Um, I, w- I would say I was definitely nervous. Um, I think I eventually, you know, settled down. I was able to make some plays and just able to get the ball into some really talented guys' hands, but yeah, maybe not, not quite as composed, uh, you know, for the first, first drive or two. And able to kind of settle in after that yeah your first touchdown actually was a rushing touchdown do you remember that one hmm I, I don't know if I do. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it for you here, Blaine. Hawkins takes the snap. Quarterback sneak. He plows forward. He plows. Come Wait on. for it. <laughs> no signal. Let's go. He's in. Touchdown. Central. Blaine Hawkins, the freshman, his first collegiate score. It's a big answer. Seem to remember uh, that once we got it going. Yep, I do. You know, I, I guess I forgot about that one. Yep, I remember... Yeah, I remember Kyle Greach, I think, had a catch and run down to the one-yard line and was able to sneak it in. I guess the one that sticks out to me from that game, I think, it was the first touchdown pass I threw, which was to Sam yep. on a, maybe a, just a little bit of a post. And, I, you know, I think he was he was wide open per usual. And I was able to able to make the throw after I missed it the previous drive. So that, that's the one that maybe sticks out to me more than that one. But. Well, we've got that one, too. Here you go, Brian. <laughs> Second down and four from the 26. Right to left for Central. Hawkins to throw. Looking over the middle. Fires to there a wide open Sam Markham. Touchdown. Sam Markham at the 30, Markham at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown Central, Sam Markham, a 74-yard score. So how important was it for you as a freshman to have a guy like Sam Markham who, I've I've been doing this 21 years now, Blaine, and he's the best receiver I've seen at Central. To be thrown in in that situation, heart maybe beating out of your chest, but to have a guy like Sam on the other end to help you through that, how important was that for your career? Yeah, um, definitely really important. You know, I wasn't quite as developed as a passer at that time. And, you know, it's it's pretty easy. Um, you know, you can drop a play and you say, well, you know, so you got Sam on the left here. And when he runs his route, he's going to be open 95% of the time, you know, once he comes out of his break. So that definitely gives you a lot of confidence at quarterback. And, yeah, I think, you know, if you want to talk about definition of a security blanket, that's probably him. You know, you just get the ball to Sam and he, he can do a lot of work on his own. How do you feel about your freshman season in general? What do you, what do you kind of big picture remember about that as you were getting your career going? Yeah, I think, I guess kind of as a team, you know, we were off to a rough start that year, as you mentioned, with the one and two start and, you know, had had definitely some bumps in the road, probably most of which being, you know, we had, a, had to put in a third string freshman quarterbacks, probably not <laughs> ideal uh, by game four. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was just, I just remember having so much fun playing playing out there uh, with the guys. I mean, like, you know, I didn't really know what college football was going to be like, and this is my first experience. And yeah, it was just really good family environment, you know, even for someone who's a freshman and kind of been thrust into the starting lineup. And, you know, guys were always helping me out and, you know, not being like, oh, man, we got this guy now. Instead, they were like trying to bring me along with them and, you know, trying to elevate my level of play. So I just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the most successful uh, season we obviously had um, the past few years, but it was definitely a very memorable one for me, and I have a lot of thanks for those guys that year. And it led to, you know, it springboarded to a lot of future success, including your next year, a sophomore. You get off to a great start. I think we're 5-0 and or 6-0. and Head to Warburg on that windy day. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I always remember about that, the wind knocked the goalpost down in, <laughs> in pregame warm-ups. You know, it was that kind of a windy day. John Alberts hits a 50-plus yard field goal. Uh, but unfortunately, that was that was a game that's remembered for maybe one of the more somber moments of your career. Let's play this one as well. First and ten for the Dutch, and now they fake it with Pat Gray, and it's Blaine Hawkins straight up the gut. Hawkins to the 30, and then he falls down right there. Uh-oh. And Blaine I, slow to get up. I think his leg. Oh, I mean, boy. 
This is a nightmare for Central fans. His teammates are immediately calling for the uh, trainers, so obviously I... Oh, boy. So I think we're down 6-3 at that point, and you're out, and then we got rolled. It just went way downhill from there, but uh, you, you missed the next game. You kind of came back and, and were really a gamer in the season finale against Loris a couple of weeks later, but kind of talk me through that. What, what As you hear that highlight, what do you remember about that situation and how that impacted your career eventually? Yep. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a you know a tough place to play. Tough tough weather day. I mean, that's the number one thing. I think everyone remembers how windy it was. Uh, sadly, I also remember we, you know we didn't didn't play it too well. But yeah, I ended up hurting my knee on a previous play. I got it like uh, stuck under a pile and had I think popped a a ligament. I guess that held my kneecap in place. And so you know I was feeling okay. Still a lot of adrenaline out there. And that next play, um, my kneecap. Was, was not really being held in place. So when I was running, I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a touchdown. Oh, it looked like a touchdown. Away. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. We're going to take the lead. Good things are happening. And, yeah, I think, you know, my kneecap, you know, uh, sublocated and you know, popped right out and back into place. So, you know, you hear that pop, though, as a player, you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is bad. <laughs> you know, you hear yeah. everyone talks about that. And, you know, thankfully it ended up not being too bad. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't really able to play, uh, you know, against Co the next week and then was able to come back for the season season finale. But I think kind of as far as a career impact, it was just like, you know, we had a pretty strong team that year and, you know, kind of just didn't finish the way we wanted to and kind of left a lot, you know, to desire, I think, for a lot of guys, um, myself and guys, you know, who are juniors and seniors um, are going to be juniors and seniors in 2019 and kind of left a, a sour taste in our mouth. And we knew, you know, we had we had more potential as a team and we didn't quite reach it that year. So it was definitely kind of a disappointment at the time. And I think it definitely helps springboard us though forward into the next season and one as you look back or as I look back in your career um you know your freshman year you had an 86 yard touchdown run you know you were much more of a running quarterback and then you play that I mean that was going to be a 60 yard touchdown or whatever if your knee yeah. didn't go out and it seems like that was the moment where it was like you were forced to become more of a pocket passer and I think part of it and I'm curious your take on it but I know coach McMartin has told me you know, that the, the, the great thing about having a running quarterback is the ability, you know, to run and throw the ball. The bad thing about having a running quarterback is you're that kind of a play away from, you know, kind of totally dismantling your offense. So did, did what are your thoughts on how that played out and maybe what it forced you to become? You threw 63 freaking touchdowns this year. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that that kind of Blaine Hawkins would have done that. No. Nope. Yeah, I think it was definitely um, a moment where it was like, I, you know, we don't want to have to rely on uh, the quarterback run game as much. Obviously, it's something that's really dynamic and gives you a lot of advantages as an offense. But, you know, we can, we're kind of able to reach a point where I think I developed enough as a passer and we had receivers who had developed into being really talented guys. And we didn't need to rely on that. And we could rely on, you know, getting the ball out quickly to them or really leaning on our running backs and offensive line. And I think, um, you know, that, that definitely was a moment where it's like, all right, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't feel like I, that sophomore year I had like as great of a season as I kind of hoped and, you know, really looked to make, make some changes, throwing the ball, at least trying to have better mechanics, really trying to get through my progressions a lot better and, you know, make some plays downfield, you know, without having to just be like, oh, not open. I need to scramble now and really trying to become uh, more mature as a passer. And now that it's all said and done and we don't have to worry about opposing coaches or any of that kind of stuff, did that knee ever bother you again? I mean, was it ever a concern or, or was, you know, you kind of got healthy in the next off season and good to go? Yep, yep, I think so. That from that injury at least, yeah, I was fine. Uh you got a little dinged up being St. all off earlier this year and sprained an MCL, but that that wasn't related to that one, so. All right. Uh Blaine Hawkins, what a terrific season, the Gallardi Award winner. All right, now so let's go to your your junior season in 2019. 
clunker against Dubuque, you know, to kind of put you guys behind the yep. eight ball. Uh, and then the, just that magical game against Warburg where you have the big lead. Maybe magical is not the right word. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sure. Great finish. Huge lead. They come all the way back. You win it in overtime. That gets you the conference championship with the win against Coe the next week. Uh, and then you get Oshkosh in the first round of the playoffs. And now it, then it's the flip of Warburg, right? And we're down 31-7 at halftime. We come all the way back. And then one of the magic moments of your career. They're out of the shotgun at the 34-yard line. 28 seconds to go. Hawkins takes a snap. Looking. Looking. Get rid of it. Hawkins Get rid of it. under pressure. He's rolling left. Fires towards the end zone. For Canuck. Touchdown. Touchdown. Eric Canuck. Touchdown. Wow. 34 yards. Okay, D3 football. We're giving you a game here. I'm glad you didn't listen to Coach Wares and get rid of that one. Uh, that that ended well. Uh, so I'm mean, again so like that month again the Warper game and then the the Oshkosh game and the comeback and all of that kind of stuff. How do you what do you think about when you look back at your junior year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned the debut game, and that was definitely kind of the turning point for that season. I think uh, our first few weeks that we were off to a pretty strong start and knew we were a talented team and kind of had you know had some blowout games and kind of thought you know against Dubuque it might be. Not more of the same necessarily. We knew they were a good opponent, but we we're like, you know, we've kind of been rolling, and obviously it was not not the afternoon that, that went that well. You know, it was probably probably the worst game I've played um, in a while, at least. <laughs> but um, and that was kind of the point. Where we're like, all right, you know, what do we need to change? And you know, it wasn't anything too major. Just bringing a better attitude to practice, making sure we're really paying attention to these details. Like, hey, you know, we're not we're not that much better than the guys we're playing against. You know, it's the thin margins that are going to help us win these games and. Kind of got out of a funk there, I think, against uh, BV and then Nebraska Wesleyan. Not maybe playing our best, but, you know, had had rebounded from, you know, the bottom. The, Enough to get it rolling. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then I think uh, at Simpson, we really started to gain a lot of confidence, I think. Um, you know, playing playing pretty well that week, especially offensively. And the Warburg game, obviously, was a, a unique situation. But we knew kind of coming into that game, you know, this is our chance to take advantage of um, you know, the situation we're in and kind of, you know, how we failed to do it in 20, 2018. I mean, I don't think we were thinking about 2018 too much, but we're like, you know, it's just because we have one loss doesn't mean we can't win the conference. And right. yeah, kind of getting into the playoffs was definitely a, um, a struggle there. I'll say, you know, we were those last few weeks, you know, five weeks or so it was, it was playoff mode. You know, if we want to get in we got to kind of keep pushing and eventually kind of culminating with the Oshkosh game. You know, I think coach Max said it, but at halftime, you know, we were down by 24. I just fumbled the ball and let a dude rumble for a touchdown. It's <laughs> not, not a good way to go into halftime, <laughs> most definitely. And But, you know, we were like, well, you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> we let him do it, so why not us? And obviously, you know, we were able to tie it up there at the end. Uh, Eric made a pretty awesome catch. And, yeah, I think, you know, that just that game was a testament to kind of our – probably our experiences, you know, earlier in the year. We'd, we'd kind of hit rock bottom, and, you know, we, we had rock bottom at halftime there, and we knew, you know, we could bounce back from it then. And, I think, uh, you know, the way we played that game, we were just kind of able to get on them and continue to tire them out, even though they were a pretty, pretty big and physical team. And just playing with our pace uh, was kind of something that was really key. In a lot of the big moments in your career, you've kind of been in, in control. And that game then became one of them where you weren't because the defense had to go back yep. on the field, yep. gave up a touchdown, and then two-point conversion, and Jordy Borman knocks it away. So, yep. um, you know, a little bit different situation, right? You didn't yep. have control of your own – you personally didn't have yeah. control of your own destiny there. Yep, and I think um, I think in regulation as well, you know, we, we had maybe like a fourth and seven close to midfield or something like that, and with a few minutes left, and it's like, oh, you know, we need to go, we're down seven, and we, we have punted it away, and, you know, as a quarterback, you want the ball in your hands, I think that's, you know, I'm very biased, I'll admit it, I want the ball in my hands, you know, on those kind of situations, and we, we punted it, um, 
which I don't remember being like too distraught at the time. It's like, oh man, you know, now we really need to hunker down and get a stop. And, you know, the defense was able to come up big there and then again in overtime. And yeah, that was definitely one of the most exciting games. I think, you know, people were rushing the field afterwards. I was like, Who, why is everyone on the field? And, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. Because it was an awesome moment. That's why they were all on the field. <laughs> yep. uh, and then Wheaton happened and then COVID happened, right? So yep. Wheaton, it's 35 nothing with four minutes left in the first quarter. I mean, I, I've never seen a central team get dismantled the way that Wheaton team dismantled us. And I'm sure that left a very sour taste in your and your teammates' mouths. And then, but you know, you're looking. Okay, it's our senior year in 2020, and then COVID, and then there is no senior year, and there is no 2020, and you decide to come back for a fifth year. Talk us through that decision. I mean, you've told me previously that kind of a no-brainer when the opportunity was presented to you, but you and 14 of your best friends made the decision to come back and do what we did here in 2021. Yep, I think you know going into the 2020 uh, fall, you know, we thought we were going to be a pretty good team as well similar to maybe the 2021 team and you know had a lot of high hopes for ourselves after kind of making it into the playoffs having a little success there you know we were kind of kind of greedy I guess we wanted we wanted more you know we had had a taste and yeah obviously it didn't didn't work out you know we kind of kind of realized all these conferences are canceling in division three and it seemed like I saw a graphic and it's like the American Rivers Conference is the only one left with a full schedule I'm like I don't know if that's going to work out too well for us um but yeah, you know, we had had a lot of meetings with with Coach Mack, trying to give us some updates, and then kind of just as a senior class, even just like, hey, what do you think we should be pushing for? You know, are we going to play a few games? Are you going to be back if this happens? And obviously, realized you know we weren't really going to play any games at least in the fall, and had the opportunity to come back. And I think for me, um, you know, I wasn't ready to be done playing uh, football, and I think for a lot of other guys, you know, they didn't want to be done either. You know, we knew we we knew we had a lot of potential, and it would have really felt like we we really lost out on it um, if we didn't come back. So. You know, with having trying to get some, you know, my my uh, ducks in a row, you know, making sure academically it all made sense. Um, yeah, it was really not not a too tough of a decision, I guess. And it worked out well to the tune of an American Rivers Conference championship, an eight and zero record, you know, ten and zero regular season. So for you and your, you know, your teammates, the first one of those, right? A chance run the league. I mean, you did win the league in twenty nineteen, but this was a domination of the league in a ten and zero regular season. That had to have, you know, kind of check check yep. right with those couple of things to start yep definitely i mean you know you don't really set out every year you know to say like oh we need to go 10 and 0 i mean that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself you know going into the season but you know evaluating each and every week is like you know we believe that we were the best team um you know had the most potential at least and had to had the ability to play to that potential which i think you know we saw we, we were really able to each week and taking every opponent seriously um you know even if in some of the games we kind of had them outmatched and yeah i think I think for most guys on the team, especially for myself, and I've never been on a team, you know, that's had that much success and been undefeated, I think, thinking way back, you know, even to, you know, like junior football, flag football. And yeah, it was, you know, everything we could have hoped for, at least there in the regular season. Then a blowout win over Bethel in the opening round of the playoffs. And it's like somebody wrote a script you know, that you get Wheaton in round two. To me, that was like the perfect story. They're the ones that had kind of taken you behind the woodshed in 2019. Had to have been some of the motivation to just not let that be the way your your career ended. And here we go, two years later, same round of the playoffs. Wheaton comes into Pella, and let's play this, but Central fans certainly know how it ended. Six seconds remaining in the game. Clock winds. Snap to Hawkins. Last play of the game. Lobs it for Schmicky. He makes a catch. Yes! Touchdown, Central! Final play of the game. Tanner Schmicky, touchdown! You a little excited? Ball game. Yeah, 
ball game is right and on then to the quarterfinals uh and we'll talk about whitewater here in a minute but what do you think when you hear that and remember those moments and you know your your season continuing and picking up that big revenge victory if you will yeah i think um you know, when, when we saw the playoff brackets come out, you know, you don't want to look ahead because, you know, you got the game on the schedule for the next Saturday. And we obviously knew, though, Wheaton was going to be uh, the next team we would play, um, in most cases, at least, barring some upsets. And, yeah, you know, it's not something we looked ahead to because we, we knew Bethel was really tough and had had some really close games with St. John's. And, um, you know, but after, you know, we were able to uh, have a pretty successful game against Bethel, which I think was really good for our confidence, actually. We hadn't really played too many close games, um, maybe – since Warburg, which was, you know, pretty competitive. We were able to pull away at the end. And I think that Bethel game, you know, playing a team who's, you know, highly thought of, played played some tough competition, and really being able to take care of business uh, was definitely a boost going into that next week. Like, you know, we're a different team than we were in 2019, and we knew that the whole season. But, yeah, that Wheaton game, um, you know, they had a lot of guys back. We had a lot of guys back, and we knew it was definitely going to be a dogfight. And, yeah, I guess, you know, coming down to that last moment um, – I think, you know, Jason Hopp had been hurt on the previous play and they were walking him off the field and there's no clock on that, uh, on that end zone. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really sure if the, the play had start or the play clock had started or not, or not the play clock, the game clock, excuse me. But so, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, I don't want well, to blind a little out. bit, right? Yeah. So I'm, I knew we had, I think six seconds and I didn't want to let the clock run out. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm snapping the ball right now. You know, I'm not going to wait around and let the clock run out. And I, you know, I watched it later on film and Jason's like, you know, at the numbers, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> but you know, with that play, I was able to kind of have an idea what the defense was going to be, be bringing there, which was, I would say definitely an advantage. I think, you know, we, I think they were bringing six guys, so they were going to have one unblocked on that play. And I think I was going to be able to make a throw to Tanner still. And, you know, things kind of got shut down before then. Um, but yeah, we were able to kind of switch the play up there before the next play, realizing that Tanner's defender was going to be expecting uh, the same play. We had already ran a few times earlier in the game and we were able to switch his route to a corner route there right before the snap. And, yeah, I mean, he kind of did the rest, took care of business. And, yeah, that was probably probably the most exciting feeling I've ever had on a football field. And I, I think I was almost in, like, a shock for, like, the next 10 minutes. I remember, like, we were celebrating the locker room, and I was just – I don't even know – like, I feel like I had to, like, sit down. It was all too much at once. So, that was pretty awesome. That was an incredible moment. Twelfth uh, victory of the season, which ties the Central College record into the quarterfinals for the first time since 2007. So, I'm going to guess you're, like, six or seven at the time. You probably don't remember that 07 Central squad very well, Blaine. Uh, uh, I got all my favorite players on that team. Right. Coach Mulder, I think. There you, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and then on to Whitewater, you know, things didn't end as well as you guys would have wanted, obviously. Uh, it's a six-point game at halftime, and then Whitewater just kind of imposed their will in the second half for a 51-21 victory. Um, but a pretty big milestone happened in that game, and here's the last tie that I'll play for you, Blaine. First and goal for Central at the Whitewater 4. Hawkins takes a snap, looks right, throws right. Herbert makes the catch. Touchdown, Central! And it's history for Hawkins. An all-time, all-divisions record. 62 touchdown passes this season for Central quarterback Blaine Hawkins. All right, then you got to 63. You hit Jeff a little bit later. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this. It's good you got to 63. I didn't see that. Because uh, the Western Kentucky quarterback made a run at you this weekend. He got to 62 and then uh, put the brakes on it there. So 63, an all-time NCAA record for most touchdown passes in a season. What do you think about that one, Blaine? 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome to have. You know, I, I guess uh, speaking of the Western Kentucky guy, you know, I was like, oh, well, it was short-lived, but it was, it was fun, a fun run while it lasted. But uh, I guess I was able to hold on there. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, something that's pretty awesome, you know, to have your name on on a list like that. And, you know, give give a lot of credit um, per usual to my teammates, you know. I mean, I think even that last – or the touchdown where it broke the record, you know, Jeff was heavily, heavily defended and, you know, really strong hands, attacked the football. And that's just, you know, the guys have done that all year, all year round. And, yeah. I mean, we're able to make a lot of spectacular catches and runs after catches. And yeah, it's definitely really just special to be able to kind of have that to, you know, kind of share with my teammates. And then again, the Whitewater game didn't end how you wanted it to. What what do you remember about as it ended? You know, your career is over now. Um, just kind of talk me through that a little bit and, and what it's been like since then as you're just kind of wrapping up your career, finish finals, school's officially yeah. over, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you know, definitely at the end of that game, definitely we're, we're pretty pretty disappointed. Um, you know, it was a t- close game in the first half there and felt like we were making some plays happen and just really, you know, didn't feel like we executed really well in the second half. Uh, wish wish I would have made, made some better decisions, better throws, um, you know, keep drives alive and kind of, kind of keep the ball in our hands and, you know, not just have to punt, punt the ball back to them. I think we had a few, few three and outs, which, you know, it's not putting your, your defense in a great position as well. So, you know, that's kind of the initial thought. Of, you know, you don't want to have, like, those those regrets. But, you know, when you when you don't come out on top at the end of a game, you know, you're going to say, well, you know, wish this was better. And, you know, it's hard hard to say that, you know, it's your last game too. So, you know, it really, really isn't very fun. Um, but I think, you know, the thing I remember is just, you know, giving all my teammates and coaches hugs afterwards and, you know, just being very grateful, you know, that we've had these opportunities and got to play 13 games in a season and, you know, seen a lot of guys too who didn't dress for the game, but came to, uh, came to watch and, you know, giving them hugs and knowing, you know, they have, we have a lot of special memories together and seeing, had a lot of family there as well. And, you know, I just, yeah, you can't really be more than just thankful for the great year we had and the guys we got to spend it with. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty sad. Um, you know, at the time doesn't, doesn't feel very good. Um, you know, I was very grateful just to be surrounded by, you know, all, all those guys. What do you personally think the future of Central College, the immediate future of Central College football has in store? You have to replace you and 14 of your fifth-year classmates. Um, there will be a handful of other traditional seniors that graduate and, and choose not to come back for a fifth year. But where do you think that you and your teammates have left this program? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think, you know, they're in a really good spot. Um, you know, getting to know some of the younger guys, you know, for this freshman class, you know, wouldn't have got to know them without um, – without COVID. So I guess I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, just getting to meet more guys who I think are going to be really special contributors um, to the central college football uh, family is, you know, really exciting. And I think, you know, having this experience playing in the playoffs, getting extra weeks of practice, um, you know, I hope we kind of just try to set that standard. Like this is where central college is going to be. You know, we expect to play in the playoffs, um, expect to have extra weeks of practice, expect to play in these high pressure games. And I think, you know, we've definitely uh, been able to leave, you know, coach Mack likes to say, leave the Jersey in a better place. And, think we've definitely been able to kind of raise the standard and I think a lot of that is due to guys you know we played with back in 2017 2018 2019 who've all been kind of you know pulling in the same direction and you know we've just kind of been the last class through but you know we've all been able to kind of continue to just raise the standard a little bit and I think you know looking at next year I tell the guy I've been telling the guys you know I'm just really excited to watch them out there I think have a lot of potential and you know maybe some high expectations for me at least but um I think they have a chance to be you know really special you know again next year and and for the coming years and I I don't see why that should stop whether it's Brady Ketchum whether it's Gavin Hearsman or somebody else that was in the quarterback room with you this year or 
a new face that shows up on campus, somebody is going to have just giant shoes to fill. What would your advice be to that person that has to come in behind everything that you did under or behind center this year and try to keep that ball rolling from the quarterback position? Uh, I think, I guess, I can speak to it a little bit, I guess, you know, having to step up as a freshman, not quite the same um, deal, but, you know, definitely having to kind of fill fill some shoes of some guys who are older and more experienced, really strong players. And I think you just got to realize, you know, you're, you're your own, you're your own player. You know, you're, you're not going to have the same strengths as me or, you know, a different quarterback. You just kind of got to be the guy that you are and, you know, really excel in the areas that you excel in. If that's throwing the ball down the field, that's throwing the ball down the field. If it's running the ball a lot and that's what you're good at, you know, don't, you know, you don't try to be someone you're not, um, you know, just, and I know, you know, the coaching staff is going to put them in the spots where if that's their talents, they're going to mold the offense a little bit around that and, you know, get them to get the ball to the other skill guys. You know, we've got a talented group, I think coming back and yeah, I have a lot of confidence that, you know, whoever ends up, you know, taking the quarterback job will, will excel. And yeah, it should be really exciting to watch central offense, you know, going forward for the next few years. And then last one to wrap it up, Blaine, uh, just if you would talk about what your experience at Central has been like big picture. It's it's more than the half hour or so we've, we've sat here and talked about football, right? You're a double major now. You took yep. advantage of, of the extra semester to, to finish off that second major. Real life is staring you right around the corner here. How has Central prepared you for that? Yep. I think, you know, just looking at development, uh, you know, as an athlete, um, you know, academically and kind of just as a person, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm a much different person than I was, you know, in 2017 when I showed up in August and, you know, I'm really grateful for, you know, my professors, my, uh, my advisor, the coaches, faculty members along the way. And I think Central College really is just a great place for really pushing you to be, be, to grow and be a better person in, in a plenty of areas. And, you know, I think, yeah, I was talking about real life, you know, I feel, feel really prepared for that. And, you know, I think, you know, now joining the Central College alumni, um, they have been a great help to me and I think a lot of other guys willing to reach out, coming to games, supporting. And I feel like that central network is really strong. So, you know, if you really commit yourself to central college, um, they're going to be really committed to you and they're going to really take care of you. And, you know, you're going to really reap a lot of benefits um, from t- spending a lot of time at central college. So I, yeah, I just really grateful, you know, that that was my decision and I, I know it was the correct one. I thought it was the correct one then. I know it's the correct one now and I would make it again. Blaine, it has been an absolute blast for the last five years to watch from the press box at whatever stadiums we've been playing at around Iowa and around the Midwest. Thanks from all of our Central fans. Thanks to you and your teammates for the joy that you provided so many of us for the last five years. I know that you're going to be a great success in your future endeavors, and I hope that we can catch up down the road. Me too. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dutch Memories Podcast. We'll have a new episode every month featuring a player, coach, game, team, or moment in Central College's storied athletic history. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so you never miss an episode, or just check the podcast section at KNIAKRLS.com. Dutch Memories is a KNIAKRLS production. I'm Trevor Castle, and go Dutch!